0: This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi fantasy horror and comics help us explore our humanity. J.R.R. Tolkien would have turned 132 years in 2024. The prolific author was our guide to Middle-earth, creating memorable characters and languages. In 2019, saw the release of the film Tolkien with Nicholas Holt as the title character, about his early days and how they helped shape his famous works. Hi, this is Tony Talado, and with me today is Domi Karakoski, who is the director of the new film, Tolkien, and very excited to see this. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what led you to tell this
1: story about one of
0: the giants of literature?
1: See, the journey actually starts already when I was 12 or 13, when I first read Lord of the Rings. And it was a time of my life when I was at that time growing without a father who I got to know later in my life and I was bullied and I was quite alone. So those stories talking stories became my friends. And I was as mm-hmm. kind of an outsider, outsider at, a t- at that time and, and then finding friends eventually and finding certain, you know, communities or clubs those became very important became very important to me. And then, you know, fast forward 30 years later I uh, <laughs> I started reading about about his life and and understanding that he actually those stories that I read at a time in my life when I felt like an outsider and needed friendships and fellowships he experienced that same emotion. And I think there's this kind of it feels like it's almost like a destiny that that it feels like exactly mm-hmm. this is the time this is the time and era of the author I admire I want to tell the story about.
0: More on the movie Tolkien in a moment. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. And what was the decision in kind of grounding it in one setting in 1916 and then telling the story in flashbacks?
1: Well, it derived about research in terms of, because there's not that much documentation. He he was very open in his letters. Yeah. He would, speak, he would speak about many things, but not really about the war. And most of the letters post-war have not been released, which means that there must be something there that, you know, are not, we are not allowed to see or you know or read about his you know personal emotions and of course it's a trauma Mm -hmm. and that's understandable you know it's a traumatic era you enter the the war that's supposed to end all wars and basically all of your friends die and i think that that kind of opened up that it's it's the tragedy the fall down of this fellowship that he must have experienced emotionally which then i can read through you know these stories in his mythologies he was always very adamant that that war wasn't and direct allegory allegra- allegory or inspiration to his stories which is true you know most likely it's mythologies and but you but he's definitely mm. taken emotional experience from that war experience i i, I kind of approach it through a dream you know, the what if, if Tolkien would dream, because I said there's not that, that much documentation about that era. What if he would dream? What would be the emotion that he takes from war? And kind of, kind of build it through that dreamscape, kind of the dream perspective, you know, to kind of how, you know, reveal our protagonist, not on a historical setting more, but on a psychological setting, and what he feels about it.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. And what you also do is you blend fantasy elements into the narrative to kind of give it, I, I guess, kind of getting a peek into his mind at
1: what he may have been thinking. Exactly. Yes. And, and because that was also one thing I if I would even if I would not be a Tolkien fan, that is one thing I would desire in a Tolkien movie, you know, to dwell into an imagination of a genius. And and we we did yeah. a lot of work with with the whole team, you know, with the VFX team and the, with the writing team and with everybody. Basically, how do we how do we build? And I had this idea, of course, deriving a little bit more from my own background, is that I, first of all, I was privileged enough to read the books before the films came. You know, so there was that one. There was that one animation out, and I was living in a small rural uh, village with two thousand people, and there was one VHS rental there. And the film mm. didn't exist in that VHS rental; it didn't exist. So it took me it took me fifty years to see the animation when it finally came out, finished TV, and but I was privileged enough to see those images, his images, before anything. You know, there's no internet, but you can Google. Hey, what does an Elven Prince look like? So you have to imagine yourself. And 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 I kind of took that feeling, what I remembered, how I rem- remembered, and then thought, okay, if this is a young man, kind of building that story, building that mythology, let's take two, three steps back. How does he end up in those mythologies? So all the fantasy elements mm-hmm. here in the film are not taken from the books or taken from the films, but they are more like sketches in his mind. You know, he sees, or, or you could see it as uh, if he's building his own theme of his music, of his mythology. He can see and hear and feel certain voices. Everything that he sees and feels is like an instrument or a, a voice or a sound that he later adds on his own theme. That was, that was the idea.
0: And casting Nicholas, uh, who's a phenomenal actor, what did what did you think he brought to the part?
1: Well, it's always that when if you're doing a fiction, totally fictional character, you can you know that even you know just something surprising you can bring or come, and you're a little bit tied into the real life character, of course, even though it's a, you know feature narrative and not documentary. But when I met Nicholas and he was in the top of our list, and he was you know I thought okay, let's do Nicholas at the first meeting. There's this. I was. I was surprised. I had seen his work, and I knew his scale as an actor, and I think he's blossoming as an actor at the moment. Uh, but what I was surprised me what was his personality. There's his intellect. There's his wit. He's very, very fast, um, and there's mm-hmm. warmth and a, a bit of like, a goofiness, a playfulness in him. All those traits, traits I felt that Tolkien had. So I think he brought a lot of his own character into it. And as I said, as blossoming at this age as an actor, you know, really loving the medium, loving the camera, enjoying enjoying the ride, as we, as we often say. Uh, you can know that you can build upon that. And and I think after I met him, I felt like it has to be Nicholas. It can't be anybody else. And then just become actually the biggest worry that I had was that, can we get him away from X-Men because he was, <laughs> he was shooting X-Men at times? <laughs>
0: and speaking of blossoming you also have lily collins and who's also on her way up as an actor and uh, playing his love interest uh I, I mean she's another great find for this part as well
1: yes and i think like lily i had seen i had seen in a netflix film called to the bone which is about uh you know eating disorders and, and she has been very open about mm. uh, that you know being part of her life and I found that very courageous when an actress or an actor kind of opens up about their own past and and does a role that is so close to themselves or their own experiences. And and so I was very intrigued to talk to her about the role of Edith. When, you know, we had to do, we had to do it through Skype because I was holding the auditions in England and she was in Los Angeles. But there's this explosive warmth in her, which I felt like, Remind, you know, you kind of have to go back to that again as that 13 old me having my first crush on an elven princess. And then how does Tolkien see his Edith, you know, who basically inspired the elven princesses and Luthien especially, the first one. And and when, when watching Lily, it felt like that would be the woman who is the inspiration. There's, there's this strength in her, there's this, he, she's, and Edith is a layered, intelligent woman in the film, somehow there are levels in Lily that I don't think we've yet seen. I think she will truly, truly uh, explode as an actress.
0: I'll have more of my conversation with the director of Tolkien in just a moment. Hi, this is Billy Boyd, I play Pippin in Lord of the Rings, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Talk. Yeah, and really that relationship is so central to the film. And not only that, it's central to Tolkien's life, too. And obviously that's something you really wanted to portray.
1: Yes, and I think like people don't, that's one thing that is not so exposed in terms of stories, that how important Edith was in his life, and of course it's an eternal love story if you think about it, you meet someone who's also, they're both orphans, they kind of become this unity, this kind of pact together, and it starts from a friendship, moves to a forbidden love, goes to eternal love, you know, it's, it, it's written in books, and it's a beautiful story, it feels like a, a you know, feels like it written for a film, but yet at the same time, you know, she, she what you read through the lines is her support and we kind of heard challenging Tolkien also. the I think that the importance of Edith and the presence of Edith, I think, was very vital for Tolkien when he was writing his stories.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What is a little disheartening to me is I heard that the Tolkien estate is kind of distancing themselves from the film. And the disheartening part is they haven't even seen it. So how can you knock something down that you haven't seen? But uh, if you can want to comment on that, and if you don't, I understand.
1: No, I think they have their right to, and, and I understand. And I've actually approached them and offered them to watch the film with me and hear their thought and explain. You know, I think the film is very true to character, and I, and, and I hope that when they see it, they would actually, you know, respect the the result and and, and enjoy it as much as they can. I mean, you know, when you're in your state or in the air, uh, you are perhaps closer to the facts, and then facts rarely are dr- good drama. You know if I, if you understand yeah. what I mean is that because you have to you have to make the film work, and that's why often like nine out of ton, t- 9 out of ten of the biopics usually people don't work with the states because you have to serve just the film, the purity of the film, uh, so that it's the best possible film, and and then when it's the best possible film and the best tells the best where the story that hope I hope that brings. Uh, people closer to Tolkien stories, you know, so b- bring additional readers. Because I believe, I believe and I want to believe that that even though if you're not a Tolkien fan, you can enjoy this film because it is a story of friendship and love and creation, I think those are universal themes. Uh, but it's, it's uh, I ho- hope that that will happen one day, that I can get to sit with them and talk with them and experience the emotions about the film
0: and what's really cool some really neat events are happening in connection with this uh you're you're going to be at the montclair film festival along with your stars and robert colbert is going to interview you all on stage and not only that but fathom events has done it again and they're going to be broadcasting that to theaters so that a lot of people can see it that are not necessarily in montclair that's pretty exciting
1: that is very exciting, and 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 Stephen Colbert is uh, is a huge Tolkien fan, so I think you know we'll we'll try to keep yes. this conversation uh, not too nerdy, <laughs> 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 not just talking geeks battling about the information. I think we can, I think we will. Uh, but I think he's also very smart. He's also very smart in terms of understanding cinema. So I think it will be a very good Q and A, uh, and I hope the people get to you know see it um, and you know kind of. Be, Perhaps expose some facts and feelings about the film that you know that might rise from films, and I'm I'm very excited about it because I think he's exactly the right person to hold this Q and A based on his knowledge about Tolkien. Uh, and oh yeah, it, 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 and those moments are always special. You know, you're encountering you're encountering a fan, and we have shown the films to uh, you know that you're always servicing two audiences. You're servicing the fans, and then you're servicing. You know those who, I said, don't necessarily know that much about Tolkien or his books, and we've had several fan screenings when people have been dressed as elves and uh, Gandals, and uh, we've seen a dragon. <laughs> a woman was a woman was dressed as a dragon and took her four hours to do so. And I was just, I was just stunned and amazed about it, and these people have really loved the film, and it is it, very comforting for you as a filmmaker that they do so.
0: In addition to all of that, uh, Legion M, a uh, fan-owned entertainment company, I'm a member myself, they're actually having meetups all around the country and possibly the world uh, in conjunction mm-hmm. with this film, Honoring Tolkien, which is uh, getting the fans behind you like that is really nice, too.
1: Yes, it is. It is very important. And I think like, what is always, always tricky is there several, several layers of fans and you know, uh, they are the ones who know very detailed everything about his life and they are the ones that just want to experience the magic that the film hopefully delivers, kind of the magic of the Middle Earth and and that world and it's tricky to service all the different layers of fandom and and for instance one thing that, um, you know, that, because it's not like we are exposing full on -on one-on-one inspirations that if you hope to come to see, oh, you know, now I want to understand why religion was so important in Lord of the Rings. You know, this is 30 years, 20 years. These events happened 30 years before he wrote the Lord of the Rings. You know, it's it's still a story of right. imagination. It's still a story of imagination, a young man coming to terms in his own life. And and I think that's what we focused on, you know, the energy and the passion and the inspiration. I think it's a very beautiful story for those who don't know about his history, where he, as an orphan boy, finds this you know, this friend, a friendship, a club, the TCBS, and they inspire each other. It's about art. It's about how art can change the world. And I think it's it's a beautiful, beautiful um, story. And I think that's that's kind of the magic. There's certain magic in Tolkien that he always shined, and I think that comes through the screen.
0: Yeah, and another thing is that the cinematography looks absolutely amazing. You obviously had a plan with your cinematographer to kind of generate a sort of a color palette for the film
1: yes and it is it is a love letter in a way to those worlds that he created and a love letter to Tolkien and so there were different elements with we we you know he was experiencing a lot of darkness in his you know life becoming an author yeah. experiencing war and yet you know you have this if we talk about cinematography we had this also this idea that Edith and the certain warmth that she has was kind of a light in that darkness and then we actually took Colleen, our costume designer, had this very beautiful idea that taking the same color palettes in the costumes that that Tolkien used mm. in his own illustrations, his own illustrations. So that kind of is a small, there are small kind of nods and homages throughout the film to Tolkien himself, and, and I think that adds the kind of the la- the layers of the, the visuality. And, you know, it it is about the film about Tolkien. It has to be cinematic. It has to, like, be visual. It just feels that it was the only way. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, you're an established filmmaker in Finland. That's where you're you're from. And you've done uh, really some big films there. Are you hoping that this film will kind of open you up and kind of people discover your work and your talent throughout the
1: world? Well, you, you know, you kind of. That's a, as an egoistic uh, person, you always you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a part there's a part of you who always hopes for that, and with every film, and um, I've been and been very lucky that that I have found stories that have traveled and traveled to film festivals and gotten releases uh, around the world. And I think every time when you come to a new country, I mean, I've had some films in America being distributed. Um, and, but it's not, not, of course, I haven't, you know, I haven't conquered America like Vikings did, <laughs> <Or the> <laughs> Columbus, <laughs> Columbus did, but, uh, I would say that it's, it's a story that needed to be told in English. So, you know, and, and whether my next story will be in English, I think it's always the story defines the language. Uh, you know, I'm also a family man, I have two kids and that might, that might mean I need to do my next film and finish so I can be closer to my family uh, for a while. There's a lot of traveling with this one. Or then the story comes. Yeah. That the story that I really want to tell next is something I need to tell it in English or and depending on the accent. Perhaps it is even a small suburban American story. And I don't know yet. You never, you never, you, in a way, you just, I'm always just very thankful. I think I've had. I've had so many friends in my life that have, you know, their lives have ended too early. And so you're just thankful that yeah. you can actually experience this, talking to a person like you and experience this, uh, that you sit, you know, for instance, sit in, on Monday with, in one Mont- like Montclair Film Festival and you can feel and the gasps or the laughs or from the, and the reactions from the audience. There's something, I think that, that's, a, that kind of rewards me very much enough, you know, in a, in a certain way.
0: Well, I really appreciate your time. Best of luck. I think this is going to do really well. And we need something besides the Avengers out there anyway. So I uh, wish you the best of luck again and take care of the film, Tolkien. And I want to thank you and Fox Searchlight for making this interview happen. Really appreciate it. And best
1: wishes. Thank you very much. Have a nice day.
0: Look for Tolkien on TV, Microsoft, and Google Play to buy or rent. Sci-Fi Talk Plus has a special limited offer for you, but also your friends and family. Now with over 900 episodes, commercial-free, uncut, and even special exclusive programs. The best part about it, it's free. Click on the link in the show notes for that free lifetime access. But this special offer will expire, so take advantage of it soon. This is Tony Tolado.